Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Gentlemen, welcome to the Secular FM 24-hour podcast-a-thon. We're, well, 100% doesn't get higher than 100%. I've tried. I failed. 100% of every donation at patreon.com slash secularfm is going to Foundation Beyond Belief. And down the line with me from a completely fictional country, I'm not quite sure where, uh, Jamila Bay, how are you? I am am kind of wide awake now. You folks have been doing (laughs) this. Longer than me, but it, it's really against my non-religion to wake up so early on a Sunday. A but for you, <laughs> for you, I'm doing so. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. You're a journalist by trade. If you say so, I, yeah, that would be accurate. Yes, I am. <laughs> right, you know, I love your bio. It just says, hey... Pitch me a story, and then it's got a phone number there, and off you go. Uh, what a wonderful way uh, to, to to get the news out there. What sort of people are you attracting through that? What sort of stories? Well, uh, I've I've uh, some some have been very scary, but most for the most part, it's uh, folks who have already been following me or whatnot. I I have recently been fired by Vladimir Putin. So um, I was was hosting this show on the Voice of Russia radio network and uh, Putin's cronies came in and, you know, said, we are going to tow the Russian nationalist line and uh, we hate homosexuals and we don't want anybody to give us any pushback on that line so they got rid of everybody who felt differently and and uh the whole voice of russia thing was disbanded so i was i was cut loose can we get a little bit more context there so you you were based in russia no 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 i was based in the washington bureau washington dc and uh i was one of the first reporters hired uh, for the Russian thing, I, I had left NPR. Um, while I am a really good producer and editor, and I enjoy doing that, I wanted to be able to actually report. And this new upstart network that was completely independent um, got started in 2011 in, in Washington, at least. The, the network was 70 years old throughout Europe. And so um, I, I said, hey, this sounds like fun. They're going to let me do what I want to do. And I had no oversight. That that could be a bad thing if you don't know what you're doing or if you want to <laughs> plagiarize or put out stories that you've just invented or read in <laughs> weird places. But so, for so someone who actually has training and knows what she's doing, um, I got to do whatever I wanted. And it was a really great uh, couple years. And then... Uh, knowing that I would have to say, oh, yes, Russian nationalism is the way and uh, homosexuality is wrong and evil and wicked. And like the new head of news, if I, I would have to agree that um, 
it's a good thing that Russia does not permit gays to donate their organs because um, they're wicked and you have to burn their blood and their semen and their hearts. That is not me. That is the head of the new news organization that uh, the one I worked for got disbanded to create. Mm, well, maybe I'm a little bit slow, but I don't understand why burning uh, all of those components are, are a bad thing. What what what, did, what problem did you see here? Uh, I I don't know what is the the point at which blood and uh, human semen. Uh, I don't know what what point they actually do incinerate and begin to burn. Um, I imagine with the volume of water, there'd be some boiling first. But, you know, to, to sit around and figure out that particular issue as opposed to, I don't know, transplanting uh, or, or, or using biological products in a way that could actually bring about the improvement of humanity. I, I just I feel like it, they, they've kind of missed the point. But oh, yeah, so. Okay, so we've established that perhaps you're one of the nice people who likes homosexuals. Uh, I like everybody who likes me. It's pretty simple. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll fit right in here. <laughs> so some of the stuff, tell, tell me some of the stuff that you were reporting on for your show that, that may have brought about this attention. Um, well, in Washington, D.C., two summers ago, there was a spate of... Uh, murders and one attempted murder that that I reported on that you know got some press of transgender folks who were uh, in in Washington D.C. proper. Um, looking at looking at that particular community, particularly uh, trans folks and gay folks of color, African Americans and Latinos in particular, have exponentially higher rates of violence against them exponentially i mean exponentially higher rates among african transgender african american transgenders of uh incarceration and uh lower rates of of uh employment so you've got a group that's getting discriminated against they can't find work and there is even a higher rate than the regular black population of police brutality against these people and then all of a sudden you see uh, uh, the media did a better job that there weren't stories about a man in a dress found dead which is the way these stories have been reported historically um, completely wrong completely backwards but I was doing I was looking at well what are we doing in DC who are we who are we talking to what kind of pressure is happening to apprehend the person, persons responsible for for killing people? Um, so I, I covered that. But we know that my favorite thing in the world, or we should know that my favorite thing in the world to, to cover and report on is anything dealing with the separation of church and state. Um I, I loved reporting on any time the government, be it the national or some state government, was doing something to violate that beautiful partition between the church and state. Um, so those kinds of stories, anything dealing with uh, reproductive rights, anything dealing with disparity in uh, disparity in treatment of 
children, um, those kinds of things were, were stories I rather enjoyed talking about. And uh, <laughs> it, yeah, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I can imagine. And I think with your perspective, you perhaps look at this sort of thing and see there's an overall net loss to society when one particular group is at more of a disadvantage or at a higher risk of uh, the things you described. So uh, having violence inflicted upon them or higher rates of incarceration because, in you know, as, as people have those, those biases in place, it's, it's actually costing them in their bottom, in their back pocket. Oh, indeed, in order, indeed. In, for the law enforcement, for the for the incarceration, so on and so forth. So as long as there's all of this discrimination in place, there's a higher cost of living overall. And, and we know that there's a, there's a higher emotional cost of living. We know that the, the, the mental health concerns of the folks involved here, um, discrimination kills we we can monitor well we those who do this kind of thing science has been able to prove there are systemic changes to the brain to the to the bodies of people who are who are under chronic stress their levels of hormones are out of whack because their cortisol levels are are constantly elevated simply because they walk around in this state of stress and preparation for something bad to happen to them. And unfortunately, a lot of them are right to be stressed. A lot of them are right to be worried that, okay, well, I'm walking down the street. I hope nobody tries to attack me. Oh, no, there's a cop. I hope he doesn't. Oh, here it comes. Here it is. You know, that that's, a, that's an incredibly... That's a terrorized way to live. Now, we understand um, you no longer say words like, oh, shell shock or whatever. Now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. But you see very similar levels of stress and worry and people who live in war zones, um, as you do uh, transgender people in the United States, um, poor black people in the United States, children who live in in depressed economic areas in the United States, and and these are these are issues that um, I like to talk about and I like to look into and uh, you know I'll, I'll get back to them. I, I've, I've got work and no place to put it for the time being, but <laughs> stay stay tuned. I can't talk too much about some stuff, but you know, so I well, probably should time. mention that. <laughs> well, by all means, notify the network, and we'll 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 give it a plug when you pop up again. Hey, yay! So that's what's happening in the U.S. Have you been keeping an eye on what's happening in Russia? Oh, but uh, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, you are the first yes. person to make me speechless in a while. Um, Nina Simone sang one of my favorite songs. Um, Alabama's made me lose my rest. Tennessee, wait, Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee's made me lose my rest. And everybody knows about Mississippi, goddamn. Well, um, 
The Ukraine is on fire. Russia is laughable right now. Um, these are the first Olympics period, winter, summer, other that I just um, I, I just have such a distaste for the regime there now. I I really haven't watched much of the games. Um, which, if anybody knows me, I am the world's biggest figure skating fan who doesn't <laughs> actually figure skate. Um, when I was in high school, I trained in luge for a minute. And then I realized, wow, this is really dangerous and I'm going to kill myself. And it's really expensive, too. And my parents were like, your grades aren't good enough for you to be luging. Go back to school and study all the time. Now, this might sound insensitive, but what grades do you need to be good at luge? Um, well... <laughs> That's a very good question. I, you'd be surprised. It, it requires a lot of discipline and uh, hard work. So I guess as long as you're passing your courses, um, which I was, I, only, I was one of these kids who I only did the bare minimum because I was incredibly bored in school. And I just had no interest in sitting there and being talked at and... I was just a horrible student in high school. It, it, it um, must have been it must have been absolutely dire for you to have been motivated by luge. Well, it, it, <laughs> I, I think you've answered your own question. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes, it was. Kind of what I do. Kind I of what I do. Nightmares. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just and and you know here's the thing. Um. This is what happens when you allow someone to run his own personal dictatorship. And I, I realize I've used the word dictatorship. Um, the human rights abuses against gay people, against and people who are allies to gay people and our cause for those who, you know, let's not forget the Pussy Riot member who was beaten. I mean, beaten in 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 Sochi. Um, one of the charges against her was was a, a charge of blasphemy. This is not. You know, those those Islamic countries which oppress women and stone people to death and beat people for not. This for is a country that almost Russia. almost beat the U.S. to the moon. Right. This is a country full of wonderful individuals, but that government is out of line and out of order. And the fact that um, the International Olympic Committee allowed allowed Russia to host these games, I just have to say I'm very happy that um, the security is such that they're able to beat singers and um, make sure that the world is safe from protesters, peaceful protesters. Um, but on a more serious note, I mean, there there hasn't been a, a terrorist action that, that uh, got through in Russia. We know there was a lot of threat of such. So that is one good thing that I can say. But um, this, this was just a cluster bleep of poor planning, um, 
you know, just just wrongheadedness all the way. And, you know, it, it's it's just it's very sad. And whereas a lot of the reporters were able to make light of the fact that their hotel rooms had toxic water if they had a hotel room um it, it speaks to the larger issue of corruption and just complete um permissiveness of, of of just just foolishness i'll leave it at that before i say anything yeah. that gets my so, phone tapped so by by the russian government <laughs> nsa is already <laughs> listening in on us with the ioc having done such an outstanding job selecting russia Mm-hmm. And their their recent announcement that I just make up that I just made up then uh, that the Olympics uh, soon to be held in North Korea. How do you think North Korea could improve upon uh, the treatment of homosexuals and dissidents over Russia? Oh, well, you know, I forgive me. I'm going to dodge that question because. <laughs> Um, it's probably safe. It's probably yeah, much safer yeah. way. <laughs> it, it really, I, I think it, it, it doesn't require a whole lot to be less oppressive than Russia. But um, I'm, I, I think that we need to do some good recon on what happened after the fact. And we need to parse out um, here were things that the West didn't know about um we we need to let enough time happen so that we can really get a good accounting good reporting on the crackdowns that we aren't aware of on an international scale just yet um let's discuss one of the points you raised there the the blasphemy charges mm -hmm. uh for any for the for the one person listening who doesn't know what a blasphemy charge is what elaborate okay well if if you um if you in Russia um, say something uh, against the the uh, church in Russia, if you say something that will um, challenge allegiance to the state, to the Russian Orthodox Church, you can be thrown into jail. Um, it's it's crazy. If you make a public display that causes, and this is the word, this is the phrase um, that the Russian government has enacted into law. If you make a public display that causes, quote, offense to religious sensibilities, um, you can go to jail. You can get up to three years in jail for desecrating religious sites and paraphernalia. So if you want to... You know, if you want to do something with prayer beads, if you want to make a public art protest, if you want to sing a song, you lose your freedom. You lose your right of speech. You lose your right of citizenship um, fully expressed in Russia um, because you think differently. And as an American who makes her living expressing herself freely – and petitioning the government as needed. Um, it, it, this this just offends me in every possible way. This makes me weep for my, my fellow humans who, by accident of birth or somewhere, where they've got to they've got to 
bow to the oppression that tells them that the Russian state church and the Russian state um, are, are above reproach and beyond criticism. And that's just backward. I mean, really, mm. See, that... Pla- Blasphemy laws are, are simply nonsense. It's it's so open to interpretation, and say the arresting officer can 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 have such a broad scope as to what exactly the problem was that all of a sudden anything becomes punishable. And right, you know, it's, it's a I very enforceable state. I, I'm offended. Is not is never grounds for taking away somebody's freedom i mean offense is not a good thing but it it's it's a victimless crime this blasphemy so-called blasphemy thing and and you know because my little feelings get hurt because you make fun of a belief of mine well so what feelings get hurt be an adult and move on and if somebody hurts the feelings of a child then you explain as you would to a child honey sometimes people say things that are insensitive and even might be wrong but your hurt feelings uh are are yours to deal with this is a big world and there are a lot of different ideas and you don't enjoy the right from offense that's sort of backward honey and i'm sorry your feelings are hurt and i might even agree with you but Um, we're talking about children this is a these are laws we're talking about and it 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 requires protest it requires people to speak out about it hmm so what's the next step for russia uh well um again here's jamila dodging but Hmm. i would like russia to find the 30 billion with the B, 30 billion missing dollars um, from from Sochi investment. Um, <laughs> that would be a good start. Um, it, it's unrealistic t- to believe that uh, these, these blasphemy laws are going to be repealed anytime soon. Um, I, I would love it if they would turn their attention to saving lives and bringing peace to Ukraine, but I don't know if that's on the agenda there. Um, Russia is the national community uh, getting involved. What, what's, what's actually being said amongst leaders about what's taking place in Russia? I mean, if Russia has the Olympics, this is really a global event. There's a, there's a lot of representation there. Uh, there well, um, I, I cannot speak for world leaders at the moment. And again, why not? do what we do and make it up yeah uh, just fox news it jamila is a world leader didn't you know oh uh, yeah oh um i i have reason to believe that the world is going to let things get worse far worse before anything happens to um and and forgive me for the air quotes that nobody can see, but um, <laughs> interfere in the sovereign affairs of Russia. Um, world leaders and our own president included can make all the strong statements they wish. But, um, you know, the idea of challenging Putin, the idea of 
actually coming out to speak against the crackdown on journalism, the crackdown on religious freedom or the lack of religious freedom. Um, These are are fundamental issues that um, have long been ignored in terms of, you know, how to support the folks who are under that regime. And I just, I, I wish there was some way that diplomacy could bring about positive change. I, I'm not seeing that at the moment. Um, I think everybody wants these Olympics to finish peacefully and, uh, and, you know, then sort of go, oh yeah, well, we're going to turn our attention to other pressing matters on the, on the planet. Um, I think Putin is going to get away with a whole lot more before anyone uh, in the international community really garners the support it would take to um, bring about bring about positive change that would make Russia a less oppressive uh, place at this point in time. All right. Well, let's move swiftly along to something a little bit more brighter and happier, such as the Foundation Beyond Belief, which does nothing but good stuff. Let's be clear. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so... That was so choir girl. I like that. (laughs) What's your take on uh, Foundation Beyond Belief, Jamila? Uh, I love FBB. Uh, They're doing the work of Improving mankind. And now, see, I, they I'd go are further there and say that they're they're doing the work that God can't. Uh, yes, or won't, or won't, <laughs> <laughs> since we can never prove beyond the shadow of all. Yeah, we can. We actually can. Um, <laughs> FBB needs those of us who believe in improving the planet, improving the world, improving our country, improving the lot of our fellow human. Um, and uh, I I realize for me that waking up at, oh my, what the, what the bleep time is it on Sunday. <laughs> now, now you're ready to go to church. It's almost yeah, church o'clock. You know, I, I, I relish sleeping in. It, it is my form of weekly religious protest to sleep in and not get up and do anything that requires me to bow down. Um, but I did wake up today because I think this is very important. I think that those of us who are secular folks and who do believe that philanthropy is something that we can do and we should do, um, we have to support uh, the, these these causes, this particular this particular organization, which does such great work, um, we got such great press. We we heathen folks, we free thinkers, atheists, agnostic, non-believers, free thinkers. Um, when Wolf Blitzer stepped in it a year ago, oh, you must believe in God, right? You got to thank God. And you know the Rebecca Vitzman who said, actually, I'm an atheist, and she was so sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was so lovable when she did it. And folks around the country and even outside of the country donated and said, yeah, we're going to 
support one of our own. Uh, religions and religious folks do not have the monopoly on charitable works and actual deeds that help people. And so yeah, the Foundation for God Belief is doing that, and we need to support it. So this exactly. is my this is my part. <laughs> and that's not to say that uh, all the all the money from Foundation Beyond Belief goes to exclusively non-believers. It just goes to good right. causes, right? With it, with no. Uh, with, with with no strings attached. Right. Nobody's it's, going to uh, proselytize before hungry people get to eat. So that's important. Yeah. So the best as, as part of this network, Jamila, we've uh, we've set it up so it's entirely listener supported. There's no advertising other than the people from the different podcasts coming on from time to time to make a little bit of noise and break it up. The idea behind it is that for the for the month of February, every dollar is going to Foundation Beyond Belief this month. So Yay! even if it's just a dollar. And as an added incentive, if you donate just a dollar as a recurring payment, <laughs> I will select two people and draw them a cow and post it to them. Yeah. I, I by Earth Mail. Of, by Earth Mail. I, by Earth Mail. I can't think of a better possible incentive than a hand-drawn cow to want to go to secular.fm slash patreon.com slash secularfm. Sorry, I was uh, feeling a little slistexic. Um, and go and, and just pop in $1 and click donate. And all of it this month will be going there. We've got a goal of $3,000. With a bit of luck, we'll get there. I hate to I hate to interrupt this, but and I gotta be the guy. I gotta be the big papa of the twenty four hour podcast and found Jamila. I've got to break this up because we've got to get on to our next guest. I want yeah. to. Uh, oh, I, I've had so we've, we've had so many tweets coming in, Jamila, uh, saying how much they are enjoying the conversation you're having with Adam, specifically about Russian politics and what's going on over there. You're getting so, you're getting Jamila's brain, and you're getting Adam's. Accent. accent all accent. combined into it's one like, thing. It's amazing. It's an orgasm of awesome. So um, before we let you go, uh, Jamila, we, we want to give you the opportunity to let people know how they can how they can reach out to you, how they can get in touch, uh, and how they can talk more with you. Well, I am on Twitter. I've been on Twitter so long I only have four letters as my, my Twitter handle. I am J-B-E-Y. J-B-E-Y. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but I think I'm maxed out on friends or whatever. But uh, you can send me messages, and I check that other folder all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm not very difficult to find, and I, uh, I, I've got my phone number listed on Twitter, um, my business phone. So uh, ring me up. Let me know what's going on. You know, nobody donated any money while you were on, Jamil. How do you feel about that? Oh, wow. That's Well, they were probably so interested in listening. <laughs> well, now they can. Now they can donate yeah. for you. And where can so, they yeah. find that link, Mark? What is the link to donate? Patreon, Patreon.com. <laughs> no H. No H in there. Patreon.com forward slash Secular FM. He's and, fired. And I think I think now that all of us, I started out by screwing up 
Jamila's name, and then Adam went ahead no, and screwed actually, up I, the address. I screwed up. And now up Mark screwed up the address. I think it's very clear that all of us have been up way too long. Jamila, I want to thank right. you for taking the time to hang out with a bunch of tired, old, aging men uh, uh, for the 24-hour podcast to benefit the uh, Foundation Beyond Belief. We really do appreciate you taking the time this early. We appreciate you getting up. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Hi there, this is Tanner Campbell of the No Godcast, and you're listening to the Herd Mentality Podcast with Adam Reeks of New South Wales, Australia. He's a sight better looking than I am, and he sounds better too, but hey, give me a chance. When you're done here, pop on over to NoGodcast.com for a listen. See you soon. We're back and live with our next guest, uh, Jerry DeWitt. Jerry DeWitt, how are you? I'm doing good this morning. How are y'all? I'm doing super excellent, ultra good, extra good, extra special. Uh, who, who stayed up all night? What's what's oh, going on? Oh, boy. Everybody been up? Yeah, so this is uh, myself, Tanner Campbell. Uh, we've met before. I've interviewed you before. It was a hell of an interview on the No Godcast podcast. I remember. And uh, we've got uh, David here, Gamma Atheist from Atheist Hangouts, and then we also have Adam Reeks all the way from Sydney, Australia. Uh, he's a host of the show, The Herd Mentality Podcast. Ah, very sweet, very sweet. Greetings. I love you, Jerry. <laughs> so we, we are, we are all here for a very specific reason, Jerry. I'm going to fill you in. I know you kind of already know, but I want to make sure everybody who's just turning on their radios at 8 o'clock knows what's going on. Uh, we're doing this 24-hour podcast-a-thon. We started at noon yesterday. We're all extremely tired, but we're doing it because we love a little foundation called Foundation Beyond Belief. So here's the deal. We're trying to raise $3,000 for the Foundation Beyond Belief, and we've got a little less than four hours left until this wraps, and we have met $1,383.75 of our $3,000 goal. So we're not even halfway there. We've got to make some really magical things happen uh, in the next four hours, and let me give you three reasons why you should be motivated to make this happen, to make this $3,000 come true for the Foundation Beyond Belief. Number one. Dale McGowan. Bill McGowan and his awesome elbow patches. But but more so, number one, uh, is that the Foundation Beyond Belief does great humanist work. So they've got the Pathfinders Project. They've got the Humanist Corps. Uh, they've got the Beyond Belief Network. And what they do is they take humanists. They put them all over the world. They teach humanist workshops. They do humanist things like install clean water filtration devices for places with dirty water. Maybe they've got uh, cholera-infected water. They go ahead and filter that stuff out. They build houses. They do all kinds of stuff. But importantly, they teach uh, humanist workshops. Which is you're taking, instead of proselytizing and teaching the Bible, you're teaching them humanist values, how to love for the sake of love, and do good for the sake of doing good. Realize that this is what we've got, and we've got to make it count. On top of that, you're not just going to be able to support Foundation Beyond Belief. By becoming a patron of the Secular Broadcasting Network, you are also, 25% of your patronage every month, your continued patronage, is going to go to a brand new secular nonprofit. An example of one of those secular nonprofits. Hey, uh, Jerry DeWitt, don't you work for a secular nonprofit? Do I work for a secular nonprofit? What is it called? Which one Which one do I work for? Jeez, I can't think about it. It's not, is it called the Clergy Project? Oh, you know, it seems like maybe I did hear something about ministers that are trying to change their lives because they no longer believe. And is that a is that a five hundred one c three? You know, it is working on becoming a five hundred one c three. We've been so literally, we've been so overwhelmed with applicants that uh, we've just been doing the work, and the paperwork is still in the uh, still in the mix. It takes but a long time that way very quickly. It does take a long time. And of course, we're you know we're small. Small staffed, and uh, we're just trying to uh, make sure that we're doing the real work, just like Foundation Beyond Belief is out there actually doing real work. 
the reason that I love this is because we're accused as secular people as being um, being very lopsided, that it's all intellectual. It's all just about arguing over points that are found on paper somewhere, and it's not about real life and real people's lives. But in reality, it's just the opposite. This is about making the planet better for everybody in lots of different situations, very important situations. So now you've got me all fired up. I apologize. Yeah, no, so no worries. So we've got reason number one is the Foundation Beyond Belief is great. Uh, reason number two is that every month, every continued month after February, 25% of your patronage on this network, the Secular Broadcasting Network, goes to a new nonprofit. And that could be a burgeoning nonprofit like the Clergy Project. They've got their, right. they've got their paperwork filed. They're operating as a 501c3, and they will eventually become certified 501c3 so all these great nonprofits that do excellent things in the secular space 25 percent of your patronage of this network goes right to a new nonprofit every month that's the second reason the third reason you ready for this jerry i'm ready you know how you're listening to us right now you know how everybody's listening to you and i talk right now right we're on the secular broadcasting network this is a first of its kind 24 7 streaming secular radio network you can find it at secularbroadcasting.com or secular.fm. That's actually a web address, folks, www.secular.fm. So the rest of your continued patronage, the other 75% minus that 25% that's going to secular nonprofits, goes to keeping a brand-new, burgeoning, secular broadcasting network on air. Jerry, what do you think about all those three things? Is that a pretty good reason to get involved? Yeah, I think it's an extremely good reason to get involved, and and I'm just going to uh, get back up on my soapbox for just a minute. You know, <laughs> get on I'm, I'm I'm new. I'm I'm really new to this. I know that I've 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 been out touring the country for you know I guess two years now, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm still pretty new to the movement. And one of the first, and I'm just going to say it like it is, one of the first obstacles that I ran into was the realization that people. Still, not everybody, obviously, but a few folks in the movement still they still associate giving finances with religion. Mm-hmm. And and I'm here to tell you, somebody who recently escaped religion, but who was embedded not just in the ministry for 25 years, but in a very very religious setting for 42 years, giving finances is not religion. Go look it up. You know, there's this thing called the Internet, and you can Google it, and you're going to see it's not the same thing. The only way we can function, the only way that we can make the world a better place is through organizations like yours, through organizations like Foundation Beyond Belief, through movements like we're all involved in and in love with. But we have to give money in order to make these things function. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Get down off that soapbox for a second. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> Gentlemen, if, if I may, yeah. uh, it, it's not even necessarily uh, an organization that's able to do good things. See, uh, Jerry, I do a little podcast on this show called The Herd Mentality, and I just talk to strange people who I meet on Twitter about <laughs> whatever's important to them. Sure. And I, I ran into somebody who really did need some help she was a she was an assault survivor mm-hmm. and the, with, without any structure or organization the community or the people who who listen to this network chipped in twelve thousand three hundred dollars to help her out and it they just did it purely and simply for being good right no other reason. absolutely well and and isn't that the beauty 
of our secular philosophy is that we believe in doing good for goodness sake, for no other reason, for no other reward other than for uh, showing the love that we have for our fellow human beings and showing that we have a deep empathy without any uh, religious bias. We have a very, very deep empathy for our fellow human being, and we're able to express that. And one of the uh, one of the purest and, and simplest ways of expressing it from long distance you know, here you met someone on Twitter that had this need, and a lot of strangers collectively came together, and they obviously couldn't all go to her place of residence and put their arms around her and, and, and show the support emotionally that she might would need. But they were able to meet the financial need, and then that transfers itself into real-life solutions. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. There was, it's no not just there, there was absolutely no prayer involved. Jerry. Oh, no. Sure. I can assure you that. <laughs> uh, put all the prayers in a in an envelope, posted them to her. Wasn't useful right. at all. Right. Wasn't useful at all. One of the things you, your story fascinates me, Jerry, uh, in that you were an evangelical uh, preacher. Yes. You you were right into it. Then following your story with interest, uh, given that you you were about a one on the Dawkins scale of um, nutbaggery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gentle. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. I don't. I don't know if I got all of that. Say Nut that again. Baggery. How, yeah. How how, the, how am I in Dawkins related? Say this again. <laughs> well, no, the Dawkins scale. So that it's a scale oh. of uh, of belief. On oh on yes, 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 yes. That's correct. Okay. Uh, gotcha. And and for the, those uh, playing along at home, uh, a one is I absolutely categorically believe that there is a God, and a seven being uh, I categorically believe there is no God, and Atheists typically don't classify themselves as a seven because there's no scientific way to disprove a god. So we, I, I put myself somewhere about six point whatever, nine on, <laughs> on the scale. And you took a transition from one end of the scale to the other. Sure. And, and it, was a, it was a very compelling story. And the thing that really stood out to me was that there was this really human component to it of depression that yes. came in. And uh, as, a, as somebody who has suffered depression in the past, I, I felt a good deal of compassion for your situation and, and being, in essence, rejected by your community. Tell, tell me a little about it. Well, you know, not only is um, depression a, a factor in the story, there was a lot of anxiety. Um, uh, I suffered with uh, panic attacks, panic disorder as well. And so... You know, as easy as it is to uh, vilify religious people, particularly fundamentalists, in so many ways, religion really is a form of self-medication, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's a way of trying to to deal with a, a very large emotional scope that that affects you know almost everyone on the planet. So so yes, while I was in religion. I was dealing with uh, emotional challenges, obviously, like everyone does. But then as I came out and began to face the rejection uh, from my community, from family, from friends, then, of course, that situation was intensified. And it was, you know, not trying to be too cliche, but it was a, a fantastic learning opportunity. You know, it was an opportunity for me to for me to really back up and say, what what are my real issues here that I need to deal with? And one was was not loving myself enough and depending on the love of others entirely too much. Uh, 
that's a, a really positive outlook. And obviously, you have the beauty of hindsight here. It's a wonderful sure. perspective to have. Was there an element with the community you came from? Do you think there was a little bit of confirmation bias there where at that point you rejected God and all of a sudden all of these bad things happened to you? There's a bit of correlation doesn't equal causation there. And, and, and these people are saying, okay, well, Jerry's experiencing this because he's rejected God. And oh, absolutely. Attributing it there. Sure. Oh, a- absolutely. You know, whenever, um, whenever, whenever my wife left, I think for um, a large percentage of the religious community, or at least those that were aware of our personal details, I, I think they saw that as um, God, I don't. I don't want to vilify them, but I, I think they probably saw that as a little bit of a vindication. You know that okay, see there, there really is something wrong with Jerry. There really is, um, you know, at home personally. Um, you know, he must be, you know, who, who knows what he's doing. Maybe he's now become an alcoholic. Maybe he's, uh, you know, he, he's got some type of, uh, you know, hidden lifestyle that uh, is that is only now being manifested in this atheism. You know, people people accuse uh, new atheists in particular, uh, they're accused of, of wanting to go do something that they couldn't do when they were faithful to their religions. You know, like they had some hidden sin. sin. Yeah, you want to sin. There was something you couldn't get away with, and and now you had to, you know, literally leave your faith in order to go fulfill your carnal and selfish desires. And so, no, no, when your life the, begins you to break, <laughs> do what? You don't have to leave the faith to do bad <laughs> things. Let's make this now very... you tell me where were you at? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So. You know, so so yeah. Anytime you know, I I went into bankruptcy. You know, I I'd lost the job that I had. I was I was literally fired over my non-belief, and so that of course immediately threw us into a financial disaster. And so, you know, I had to claim bankruptcy in the in order to save our home. And and yeah, you're right. All of this can look like confirmation to the religious outsider that God has lifted His hand of blessings and that I'm getting my just desserts. Mm. And there was also recently another um, pastor who he didn't renounce his faith. He simply experimented with atheist for a year, uh, atheism for a year, right. and had many of these same misfortunes bestowed upon him by his employer. Um, right? Are you aware of this story at all? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Bell, I'm I'm very yes. aware of the story, and I've I've visited with him online a couple of different times, and I think it's. Um, I think it's it, it tells you a couple of different things. I think it's admirable that he is um, not only willing to do this, but is willing to do it publicly. I'm obviously not surprised that he got in trouble with his denomination. You know, he's, for a lack of better words, and this is going to sound as if I'm being derogatory, but, you know, he, he's a hired hand. He's there to do a particular job and to promote a certain worldview. And in particular, a, a very specific doctrine. So if you publicly say, hey, guess what, guys, I'm going to play around with atheism for a year, it's it's probably going to be a little awkward to do your job. And it, it so, wasn't a case of him saying, I'm going to go from being uh, whatever denomination I am to being, say, a Protestant or a Mormon. It right. was going in the deep end to where bad stuff happens. Sure. 
That's right. And and quite quite honestly, any denomination that you work for would be um, at least sparked with jealousy if you said you were suddenly going to entertain even another denomination's uh, doctrine. You know, that's that's not why you're there. You're there to promote a very particular doctrine. So it was obviously um, a conflict, a perfect storm that was being created. And uh, I do I do wish him well. And I hope that he and I stay in communication. Yeah, he's um, he's going exactly the opposite direction. I have a, a guest on my show occasionally who goes by the Twitter handle at Religious T, uh, the letter T for tourist. So the Religious Tourist, he's a, a young gentleman uh, in the UK, and each month he tries a different religion. He gets the people on Twitter to suggest what his next religion is going to be. He's an atheist. Very funny, very funny too. He's a, yeah, he's a very awesome. sharp guy. And this month I forced him to wear a turban. Uh, oh, so excellent! He's being a Sikh, but he's been uh, he's been a Jehovah's Witness, and that was a fascinating discussion where I got to hear him uh, how how he approached the Jehovah's Witness uh, community and said, "In all honesty, I am an atheist, but I would like to try this experiment. I would like to learn. Uh, I would like to learn, and that that was pretty much the crux of it. I would like to learn, and uh, they they rejected." Did they? Just straight they, up said, no, you're not taking it seriously, we don't want you. Because they, they cottoned onto it pretty quickly that he knew what evolution was, and mm. we can't be having with that now, can we? <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> but he, he did. I, I, I also had somebody on the same show uh, who was an ex-Jehovah's Witness, and we, we did a little bit of a door-knocking exercise and learning you know, how to break the ice with people and so forth, and it just strikes me that Pastor Bell... Is is doing exactly the opposite, and yes. he's he, but the in essence of it, he is seeking knowledge, and he's yes. being punished for seeking knowledge. Certainly, it's a, Certainly. it's effectively apostate material. So, yeah. where where do you think Pastor Bell might end up? Well, I, I think I think he could end up either you know he could he could come to the realization, you know, I'm very particular, um, even though I'm very Southern and, you know, sometimes we're accused of having a limited vocabulary, <laughs> I'm very specific about my language, especially in regards to this to this subject. I don't think he will decide to be an atheist. I think he has to come to the realization that he is an atheist. You know, I don't I don't see atheism as a choice. I see it as a realization that you come to after um, having very clear and honest uh, dialogue with yourself. Uh, so he may come to the realization that he is an atheist and that his choices then are to uh, admit it publicly or admit it privately and live a private life outside of the ministry, or he can choose to pretend that's not the case. And pretending that that's not the case is what some denominations and religions call faith. And so um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. I think he'll probably end up with atheism. If not, he'll probably end up with a very, very liberal form of Christianity. And if that's the case, he'll I will be feel like, like our friend still, uh, Mark Sandlin. Uh, absolutely. Of the Common Ground <laughs> Conversation Series. That's right, yeah, and I feel like that's still a win for for you know the secular philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I wish him all the best in in whatever turn it it, it takes. So, uh, but the just going back a couple of steps, the um, the depression. How did you drag yourself out of it? 
Oh, that is a fantastic, beautiful question. I, I think I still drag myself out of it from time to time. Um, one thing that I do to deal with it um, now, over two years ago, when my son and I attended our very first free thought convention in Houston, Texas, that's where you know uh, I met Dawkins in person. We were there and we witnessed uh, Christopher Hitchens' last public address. Mm. Um, in the swag bag was you know one of these red wristbands, and so along with wearing the be secular. Uh, black wristband i've now been wearing along with my son for two years this red and of course now it's heading towards being you know very very light red after all this time you can say but, pink but I, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not it's not quite pink and i didn't oh. want people to see it and say and say wait i thought you said it was pink what's happened you swapped it out you liar you know um so, but it may be pink by the time you guys see it. So, the, but I wear it um, not just as a bond with my son and not just to remind me of our first free thought convention, but I also wear it to remind myself that I do have a physical, uh, psychological weakness towards anxiety and depression. And so, you know, you get into those ruts. And you're, you're a long ways down the road before you realize that your behavior, your thought patterns, and thus your decisions uh, have really been the outcome of, of this of depression or anxiety. And so by wearing this visibly, you know, where I, where I see it all the time, I remind myself that, that that's a weakness. You know, that's my kryptonite, and I have to be on guard against it. So obviously – the um, tsunami, and it's going to be a very mixed metaphor, positive, negative, but the, the tsunami of love that crashed against my life that, uh, that I received from the secular movement, um, that made a huge difference. That was a life-sustaining difference. Whenever my wife and I were separated, when finances were at rock bottom and I had no idea, you know, I, I, here I was, here I was 43 years old. And my my mother was pulling into my driveway with a you know with a car trunk full of groceries to keep me and my son alive. You know, mm-hmm. um, we were actually my son and I were actually on the internet looking at survival tips of how to live out of a car because we weren't sure how we were going to keep our home and all of those things. Um, obviously, having having the secular movement there. Day after day, reaching out to me through Twitter, through Facebook, through email, attending meetings, that mm-hmm. made a significant difference. And so, you know, I it's try it's to amazing. watch my head. Yeah, go ahead. It's amazing the social media impact that can have because culturally, your, your local community, you, you were very well known in your local community as being the go-to preacher. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. that guy. And w- were there any real human beings who came out and said, well, I'm, I'm familiar with who you are, but I'm, I'm on the other side. What can I do to help? Um, yeah, actually, there, there, there were a couple. I, I've still got some friends that are ministers uh, in, our, in our area. And, um, you know, they're far more liberal than probably what some of their uh, constituents are aware of. But I, I don't rat them out. You know, I just enjoy their fellowship when they when they call and check up on me. Um, matter of fact, anyone who's read my book will be very familiar with Grace Church, which is the the mother church that I worked out of for several years. It's just a few blocks from my home. I pass it every day if I go anywhere. Uh, the the pastor there, uh, George Lee Glass, he he actually reached out at different points and. 
you know, um, reminded me of something that I knew. I knew that would be true of him and his, you know, and his ilk, that if um, if I really needed help, they would help me, you know. And um, fortunately, it didn't come to that. Fortunately, I didn't have to reach out to them for financial help. But, uh, yeah, there were there were some good, true uh, human beings that we would we would see as being on the other side of the religious fence. Hmm. Hey, uh, if, if we could interject, we want to make an announcement, and uh, we were going to wait till a little bit later to make this announcement. So we figure we'll make it right now. Um, we have uh, received a lot of support from the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science, and uh, I think that we've made the decision over here at the Secular Broadcasting Network that, like we said, uh, every, every month after February, a new nonprofit comes in and receives 25% of the patronage uh, that you guys are pledging today. Uh, so I think we've made the decision as a way to say thank you to the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science for all the support they've given us uh, throughout this podcast-a-thon, including matching, I think, roughly a few hundred, 250 or so dollars of, uh, of donations. Well, yeah, Stephanie from Richard Dawkins Foundation, she, I, ma- uh, she matched $200 raised. I mean, that's from her own personal yep. um, money. I mean, that's how, that's how strong she feels about the podcast-a-thon and Foundation Beyond Belief. So, uh, so what we're going to do uh, is we're going to make the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and uh, Science the next month's uh, receiver of the 25% of the patronage on this network. So we're going to tweet that out, and you guys now, 100% of what you donate now uh, in February goes to the Foundation Beyond Belief. And now you know that next month, 25% of what you donate goes to the Richard Dawkins Foundation for Reason and Science. Mm-hmm. 100% to Foundation Beyond Belief this month. 25% to the Richard Dawkins Foundation of Reason and Science for the month of March. What do you guys think about that? What do you think about that, Jerry? I think that's fantastic. Obviously, I'm a, uh, a huge fan of not just Richard Dawkins, but also the foundation. And I think, um, you know, I think the movement really does understand not just, not just, the, not just the value that the Dawkins Foundation puts into the movement with the information that they share, but also, let's be honest, the clout that they carry. Mm. You know, they really, really, really do wield a very, very large microphone. And whenever we speak through them by giving to, um, you know, giving through you to them, then what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up magnifying our voice. The message that we're trying to say to the world that there is a freedom in the secular philosophy, once it is once it is transmitted through that very, very, very large medium of the Dawkins Foundation, the people who hear it and that are reached are people that we could never get to individually and on our own. So uh, obviously that's a very, very good investment. And that's really that's really what we're doing is with our giving, we're making an investment not just into these organizations for today, but through these organizations, we're making an investment into the future. Mm-hmm. We're literally paying forward into the future for future generations and for the freedom of expression that they're going to feel. And that, that's really what the secular philosophy is all about. I'm having so much fun mm. delving into what it's like because I, I never really had the, the full-on deconversion. I just decided to go one day from being an atheist to being an atheist who speaks about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I didn't really have that transition. And, and the story fascinates me. So wh- where did you go from there, Jerry? Well, just, just picking up from where we left off. You began dabbling in an idea to begin some sort of Sunday assembly arrangement. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so so just to, to be brief with, um, you know, the history of that, basically, as I began to tour the country in the beginning for recovering from uh, from religion, um, I, I realized that there was a nostalgic need. At first, I was very discouraged by some people to let my preacherliness show. You know, but it was it was something that I couldn't hide. Some of some of what people consider to be uh, me demonstrating preacher personality is really just southern southern personality, and some of it is 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 just me. After twenty five years of being in the ministry, I don't I don't even think that I'm acting as a preacher whenever I'm just speaking or gesturing with my hands or being passionate whenever I'm up on stage. But people did take it as preaching, and so I began to experiment and be a little bit more like myself. And uh, obviously there was some people that was turned off by it because their religious experience had had uh, burnt them so severely that they felt like it was uh, too close to the old days. But then there were other people that it, it kind of brought them full circle. It, you know, it, it was it truly met a nostalgic need that either they knew they had or they didn't know that they had. But either way, it was beneficial. And so that just grew to the idea of having a secular service in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And Baton Rouge is the state's capital. And we wanted to have this large secular service to show that um, there was this emotional side to living and that um, and that secular people could still appreciate it and still enjoy it you know it didn't always have to simply be a lecture series but that we could we could enjoy our our emotional lives as well and we wanted to do it in baton rouge in order to make a political statement Hmm. in order to say you know to a very very um right-wing religious you know religiously conservative administration that we do exist that we are here so you know close to 100 folks met up um at this beautiful 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 hotel that's under the shadow of the capitol and is also the auxiliary capital at different times and we we had this fun secular completely secular uh service and and it was great. It was it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, sponsored by by a beautiful beautiful person out of Austin, Texas, and so so that's what we did. And that caused people a little bit closer to my hometown in Lake Charles, Louisiana, to say, well, "Look, is there any reason that we can't you know do this once a month or so?" And I said, "No, there's there's no reason we can't. Let's start doing it." And so we we affectionately named what we do uh, Community Mission Chapel. And, and and that's what we do. We have a completely secular service um, once a month or so. So, so. so rather than threatening people with hell, um, you perhaps threaten them to go down to the bar and have a beer? Or, uh, <laughs> no, they say you won't go down to the bar and have a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's just that's the right. naughty stuff for you. to be revoked. That's right. If you don't show up for service, then you can't go have the beer. Well, Jerry, down here in the third world, in uh, a little-known country, you may have heard of it. It's uh, one of the other states that isn't attached to the U.S. It's called Australia. Oh, um, yes. I saw that once in an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been they have encyclopedias in the Bible Belt? <laughs> they, you have to sneak them in. They're considered contraband. <laughs> Will we ever see you down here in Australia? Make it happen. Absolutely. Ooh. I will be there next weekend if you'll make it happen. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever whenever our story be secular came out. Be Common Ground I, Conversation I, Series in Australia. Down Under. 
That would be wonderful. I, I can't remember if it was uh, when our story hit the New York Times or if it was on CNN Belief Blog. I can't remember when it was, but but it, it worked out just right that, that all of a sudden um, I had just hundreds and hundreds of uh, down-under friends started connecting with me through Facebook and, and Twitter and totally messed up my sleep cycle. It's always been bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it totally destroyed it because I was staying up till like five or six o'clock every morning just answering, you know, tweets and Facebook messages. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely, absolutely love all of you very, very much. And I'm just waiting for some wonderful benefactor to, you know, decide I'm, I'm worth putting on a plane. It terrifies me when people say they love me because uh, Ray Comfort once said that about me. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he say that on the No God cast? <laughs> he did indeed. Yeah, it was. He said he didn't know you. That's right. We made him say that. We were like, tell us you know who he is. And he's like, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and it, it turns out that I might be the guy who impersonates him on on my podcast oh. on occasion. Uh, there, goes, there goes the secret. It's, no, it's not me at all. It's... Uh, <laughs> it's raised likeness. We'll go with that. But Jerry, if you if you ever do come down to um, Australia, we're looking to have electricity put on next year. So, oh if, great, if yes. Do have uh, any devices that need charging? Uh, right. We should have something up and running by then. I wonder. I wonder if I can find a window unit air conditioner that's under fifty pounds, so they don't charge me. Uh, you know, uh, extra twenty five dollars as a carry on. <laughs> Just don't fly Spirit Airlines, and they won't charge you an arm and a leg to get your luggage on it. I'm I'm flying Southwest to the American Atheist well, there's, Conference there's, in Salt Lake City. There's really only one airline you fly when you go to Australia, and I don't know if you're familiar, but it's called Qantas. Never heard. No, of that. I'm I'm not. I'm Adam not Adam, talk up Qantas a little bit. That's the biggest plane you're ever going to see. It's like a double decker. You get like leather reclining chairs. It's insane. Uh, oh, that's that's what is the is the youngest pilot on the A three eighty in the world, but Qantas has the best safety record out of any airline in the world. If you watch the film Rain Man, he mentions it. He says, "I'm only going to fly Qantas. I'm only going to fly Qantas." Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's the uh, that's our claim to fame. Yeah, there's we actually a, there's a cool interview that Adam turned me on to. I can't remember Adam. You're gonna have to tell me where you found it, but it's an interview with a pilot who just uh, earlier last year. They were the plane was gonna crash, and these guys landed it safely. And Adam, what's the name of that podcast? Because that's actually a really interesting uh, interview to listen to. It's called Con- uh, Conversations with a guy who's a, a bit of a hero of mine called Richard Feidler, and he interviewed uh, a pilot, and he safely put down. I think it was a th- yeah the three eighty the A three eighty in. I'm tempted to say it's Singapore. I'm pretty sure it was. And he put this plane down safely. And the pilot, because pilots are just such trained professionals where everything's muscle memory, uh, you're really in control of the situation even when it's incredibly stressful. And he described from the very first moment that the engine blew out and they couldn't see the engine, but he could he could gather from all the information presented in front of him exactly what was happening. And he talked through the, the whole process of, of putting this plane down safely and not a life was lost. There wasn't a bruise. <laughs> Amazing story. But that's not why we're here. Yeah, it's not. No, but it is an interesting story. That's not why we're here. Tell them why we're here, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> There's no godlessness there. That's just human skill. We're interested in, uh, in Jerry's story and, uh, and the fact that he's just been a wonderful community member and had the stones to speak up. He saw well, something, 
he said something, and in this case, he saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think uh, you know making the transition from the airplane stories back back to our story. I do think um, a very turbulent airplane ride is a good test of where you're at, uh, you know, <laughs> because uh, landing in New York, we actually, uh, this was this was not very long after I joined the secular movement, began to tour, and uh, I can't even remember why they were flying me to New York, but we, we had a we had an issue with one of the flaps and I happened to be over the wing to where you can actually hear and feel the gears moving that turn the flaps, you know, which is always very encouraging. They asked you to go out and repair it. (laughs) (laughs) They might as well have for as upset as I was and as, as, you know, as nerve wracking as it was, but we, we were leaving Houston and we had not yet, quite gotten to our cruise altitude and the captain come on and says we have an indicator light that says we have an issue with one of the flaps so we're going to go back down a ways and uh, and test it out and so you know we got close enough that i felt like we were knocking people's antennas off of their roofs uh-huh. and i thought i thought why in the heck would you experiment with the aircraft this close to the ground you know let's get back up there where we got room to fall and work it out but nevertheless you know <laughs> I, I saw you know i saw <laughs> There's so much sky. <laughs> yeah, there's so much distance. Why be this close to the ground? It's like I'm going to get as close to the ditch and see if I can fix the steering wheel in my car. You know, I don't know what the deal is. And so they ran the flaps and 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 it all worked. And so he came back on and he said the indicator light's gone out, so that's a good thing. So we're going on. And so of course this is in the back of my mind. Well, when we start to land in in uh, New York, you know, of course it's one of the shortest runways in the world. We come down over the sound, and we're so close to the water. In my mind, there's absolutely no way we're anywhere near the runway. And I think, well, the flaps have screwed up, and we're crashing, and this pilot has made the decision not to tell us we're all going to die. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, what will people think when I assume the crash position? You know, And no one else is doing it because I'm, I've got a window seat, and I can see that we're, we're about to crash. And so suddenly we come to this, this screeching, horrendous, jaw-breaking halt on the runway. And I'm telling my grandmother this story. And anybody who knows my story of deconversion or has read the book already, then you know my grandmother. She's the Pentecostal uh, matriarch of our family. And so I've obviously survived this, and I've made it back home, and I'm telling the story. And without blinking an eye, and totally to my surprise, she says, did you pray? And it really took me off guard. And obviously, I just blurted out. I said, no, I didn't. I never even thought about it. And at that moment, there was just it was it was almost like I could hear, um, you know, the 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 music within the climax of a movie, you know, where suddenly there's this this revelation is given (laughs) about who the killer really is, you know, and I was like. Wow, this is really real. I was about to crash, and it never crossed my mind to pray. You, you were this the, really you were the ape. Issue. You were the ape in front of the uh, the monolith in two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah, bum, 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 Oh well, good, good. I mean, that's I'm, what I'm he. That's what he does. He's good at the tithings. Yeah. Hey, do you have a you have a you have a thing to go to uh, this morning, Jerry? Are you going to do one of your uh, one of your uh, atheist church no. things? No, actually, it's next weekend. It's actually, it's next weekend. Uh, what area are you in? And uh, if somebody wants to go, how can they get there? 
Lake Charles, Louisiana, and uh, they can actually just find us on Facebook, Community Mission Chapel, and that's where we post and try to keep things alive. So um, that that's one of the best ways. Of course, they can go to jerrydewitt.net, and hopefully uh, we'll have that updated pretty soon, and they can have the latest information for that as well. Uh, or shoot, I'll just give them a phone number and then call me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> There's a billion people listening, Jerry. <laughs> I think Jerry's a billion people have my phone number. You know, it used to be I could say, well, look, I'm going to give you my phone number and you can text me and and uh, we can stay close that way. But I, I really no longer know how to stay close to anyone. I stay so ashamed that I have so many unanswered Facebook messages and emails. But um, I, I, I take that as a positive problem. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. It is. Problem it is a very good problem to have. Jerry, it was a it was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for the chat. It's been you are uh, already done. I'm through. Your your cast. Yeah, we need, Jerry. As much as I love you, you need to get off. You're eight minutes <laughs> over, Jerry. I'm actually really. God, the clock must you know, be messed up. That's the, th- that's the thing with former pastors. You can't give them enough time to talk. I know. I, I really didn't get into everything I wanted to say about myself. We didn't even <laughs> talk about my hair. 